This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. You're asking to hear something I don't want to say. But if I do say it, I think you ought to hear it. You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off. All right, then you asked for it. Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free-for-all Friday means you set the tone. Sitting in for Libby Snymer... Here is Jane Brown. The lines get busy quickly, so give us a call, 416-360-0740, or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Don't you think it's too soon to be disbanding Ontario's COVID-19 science advisory table? Or is it just me? That's what's happening. It's been decided at Ontario Public Health that as of September 6th, a week from Tuesday, the COVID-19 science advisory table will be dissolved. Remember how we all counted on Dr. Peter Uni all through 2020, 2021, and part of 2022 before he left as the scientific director of the advisory table? Dr. Fahad Razak has taken over, and it's true we don't see or hear from him nearly as much, commenting on the status of COVID in Ontario and what should be done to ensure it doesn't spread. But does that mean we no longer need his guidance and the rest of the members' guidance? 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. I mean, why not wait to see what happens this fall? Why not wait until the pandemic is declared over by the World Health Organization? What if cases of the Omicron BA5 rise again this fall and we wait to get the new bivalent booster shot at the same time? Perhaps these are unnecessary worries. What do you think? The phone lines are open. And how about Bill 7? What will become law in a matter of days, giving hospital doctors the legal authority to transfer elderly, frail patients to long-term homes, long-term care homes, where they don't want to go? Premier Ford says hospitals should not be long-term care homes, and he's right. But is sending these vulnerable members of our society to places where they don't want to go as part of a broken long-term care system. Is this the solution? Let's get to the phones. 416-360-0740. Toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Let's go to Anne in Aurora. Hi, Anne. You're getting things going here on Free for All Friday. Yes, I have a question that's been bothering me. Um, they talk about the emergency rooms and the doctors overworked and stuff like that. Now, I have checked with my family and friends on that, and in order to get a doctor's visit, they the doctors aren't in their offices. They're mostly doing phone calls. And if you want your doctor, like, for instance, mine, you can only go in there one day a week. And uh, to me, is that not a reason why everyone's running to emergency and clinics and stuff? Well, that's a good point. Do you do you have is it difficult for you to get access to your doctor during that one day a week? Oh, absolutely. 
I, I wonder if that is the norm. I mean, and I'd like to hear from others out there as well, because it, my family doctor, and it's a team of doctors, uh, they operate out of a, an office around Young and Lawrence, and they have been seeing patients in person for quite some time now. Uh, and that seems to have become the norm in that particular office. But And I'm not sure. And and it does make sense, doesn't it, that people would go to eMERGE if they can't see their family doc? Yes, and then the doctors in eMERGE, I mean, yeah. they're overwhelmed. Yeah. Well, let's hear from more people on that as well. And thank you for your call. Let's go to Bill, uh, sorry, Earl in Oakville. Earl wants to talk about Bill 7. Go ahead, Earl. Yes, I worked uh, at Queen Street Mental Health Center in the, as a summer student, and I worked at uh, Queen Elizabeth Hospital as in this janitorial work. And I saw how the patients interacted with other patients and nurses and doctors. And uh, to that becomes their home, you know, and to take them away from that is unconscionable. You know what I mean? Um, right. Now, this is considered to be a hospital setting that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a hospital setting. Um, yeah, this is uh, going too far. I mean, that's, that's, something should be done about this. You just can't. These, these old people, they develop friendships and bonds with people, and to take them away from that without, without them having any say in the matter is unconscionable. And, and what about charging them if they end up staying in hospital when they don't need hospital attention, per se? Yeah, well, I can understand that, but uh, I still think uh, it's worth it to pay for that uh, uh, stay there. Right. Thank you, Earl. It it feels like it's become very political. Uh, And I know Libby has been discussing this in recent days as well. Why do we need a law to legislate effectively what's been going on since the late 70s? And that is that hospital patients, if they no longer require hospital care, must make a co-payment in order to continue taking up a hospital bed. So this has been going on for decades, but it has never been law. And the feeling is at Queen's Park among Doug Ford and the Tories that doctors are not implementing this. They are not enforcing this measure. Um, And so maybe our feeling coerced by family members to allow their loved one to stay in the hospital at no extra charge rather than going to long-term care. But we all know what's happening in long-term care. And I mean, there are great long-term care homes out there, absolutely. But then there are those that are not so great. And those are likely the ones that don't have waiting lists where these older, vulnerable people will end up going. And maybe these homes are too far for family members to go and visit regularly. That situation is concerning. 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. It's Free for All Friday. Zoomer Radio, Jane for Libby, and Joseph in Mississauga. Joseph, go ahead. Yes, good morning. Um, I like that comment that I think the, the host, we need more hospitals to accommodate these people. And uh, they're not doing it. More hospitals or more long-term care homes? Yes, but I, mean, I, I think we need both. But to update them, um, the, the, I, live, I had a kidney transplant within six months. 
I want to go see, I went to the hospital. Yeah, I was there 17 hours. I mean, 17 hours? Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, you're right. That is a very long time and has become somewhat the norm. Thank you for your phone call, Joseph. I've got lines open here if you want to join in the conversation. Healthcare is the hot topic this week in Ontario. 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. I mean, what should be done? We've got hospitals where, in some cases this summer, ERs have had to close for a matter of hours or a matter of days because they don't have enough staff. So you've got that scenario. You've got some 2,500 elderly patients considered uh, to be alternate level of care patients taking up beds in hospitals, not in long-term care. What about, and you know, CARP has been advocating for this for ages now. Let's beef up home care because these older, frail people, they ultimately want to be at home. If they still have a home that is in their name, that's where they want to be. Why not provide medical home care? That's going to be a lot less expensive all the way around than having somebody in a hospital bed and having somebody in a long-term care bed. Um, have people come into the home so that these people can go home. That's where we all want to end up, right? We want to be able to stay in our homes as long as possible, even if we've had a stint in hospital for whatever medical reason deemed it necessary for us to be there to start with. Let's go to Cheryl in Kingston. Cheryl, you're up next. Go ahead. Thanks for taking my call. Um, let's just say that I watch the news every day, or I, re- I read it, I listen. Anyway, uh, when they first started talking about moving the hospital patients into long-term care and possibly places where they wouldn't really want to go, mm-hmm. and next day it comes out, oh, and if they refuse, we're probably going to charge them. But maybe we won't. But then why do we need to change the legislation so that they can force them out? My bottom line comment really is, I trust the Ford government about as much as I trust Mother Nature to promise me which day and for how long it's going to rain. So you don't buy any of this? I do not. I, 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 I don't even understand how this government got in with a majority. I think we're in trouble for the next four years because of it. They are not transparent. They really don't care about seniors, education, health care workers, and they keep proving that over and over and again. Cheryl, thank you for your call. Yeah, I appreciate your call, uh, your perspective, your opinion. That's what today's show is all about, Free For All Friday. Do you agree with Cheryl? Uh, what are they up to at Queen's Park, the Ford PCs? Are they changing the system for the better, or are they just moving the puzzle pieces, the, you know, the chess pieces around in two systems that are arguably broken, long-term care and the hospital system? I mean, obviously, there are uh, some amazing hospitals in this province, especially here in Toronto, the University Health Network hospitals. But you hear stories from up north in northern Ontario, and the picture is not rosy at all. In other smaller communities in Ontario, um, people who are getting sick, who need emergency care in smaller communities, are they able to get it if their ER is shut down? Are they able to get to a big city? Is there time to get to a big city? Maybe not. And that's when the system really feels broken. 
Alan in Scarborough, go ahead. Hi, I'm, I'm this first time I've called, but I'm concerned about health care and the way Ford is shooting from the hip again, uh, as he typically does. And health care is the big issue. If he had put in place and corrected the health care, and we've had three years to to look at this failure of our system, which has gone on for years, and the Conservatives seem to move it along, but they haven't put better long-term care, uh, care facilities in place, but yet they're moving people into it. It's only complicating the whole the whole problem that's existing now. Right. And our hospitals, and I was just up in North Bay recently, uh, are totally overwhelmed, and they have to transport people down to the southern hospitals, so it's just compounding the ongoing uh, problem with our health care and our old age homes, which has never been addressed, well, not that, at all, by the Ford government in the last three years. And they saw it right from the beginning. So, And, and the win, the win liberals and the McGinty liberals, Alan, they, they weren't much better, right? The liberal governments weren't preparing for this no, influx of no, patients we, we, either. We, we've gotten ourselves into a real jackpot. And nobody seems to want to handle this football and, and move it along and, and, and try and solve the problems. Try and solve the problems, exactly. And when you look at, um, you know, presumably you're still living at home. Um, when the time comes that you need care, where do you want to be? Well, that's it. You, you've got to try and uh, stick it out at home, at home as long as possible. And I think it's everybody's wish to uh, keep their health going and, and maintain their, their home environment. But when it gets to that point, I'm, I'm, I, I would jump off the Bloor Street Bridge before I would go to a health care center because it's just, it's just abominable. You see them. Wow. That's a statement right there, Alan. I appreciate your call. Thank you so much. And I'm sorry, I was a little slow there on the first time caller bell. I've got I've got Libby's bell here close to me now for our first time callers 416-360-0740 or toll free 1-866-744-740. Sean in Burlington, you also want to address uh, the health care issues. Uh, first time caller, Libby. And, it's Jane. Um, it's Jane. And there's your bell. <laughs> uh, thank you. And I'm calling you because I can't call my mom between 12 and 1 because she's listening to Libby. So. I'm calling you. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> so she hears you. She hears you now. Uh, she hears me right now. And uh, hi, mom. And um, I think at some point I'm kind of confused by the whole situation. And I think at some point we need some four or five people on a panel, not a long commission or anything like that, just to say what's exactly going on. Are you know are the nurses? How many nurses do we have? How many nurses do we need? Um, how are they getting paid, the pay structure? Like, we need information about how to solve it and look at it. We're just getting kind of bits and pieces from different stakeholders and nothing really that I can figure out. Right. Uh, it's frustrating, isn't it, Sean? Do you, do you, do you feel like that? I really? do. I, fe- I feel exactly the way you feel. It feels like nobody is really grasping what needs to be fixed and how to fix it. And you've got Doug Ford, who is saying that the system is broken and it needs to be fixed. So he's bang on there. But is he providing us with that confidence that he's surrounded by people who will help him do that over the next four years? Uh, Exactly. And I'm not, not being political, but I haven't seen Justin Trudeau saying too much on it either. 
So I'm not sure. Like, I mean, I think they all got to get their heads together, the whole yeah, thing, right? I agree. I agree. Um, if Obviously, if you agree, give us a call as well, 416-360-0740. Sean, thank you for calling, and hi to your mom, one 740 And Sean is right. I mean, you have the federal liberals uh, saying, listen, it's provincial jurisdiction. We'll give you our transfer payments, and then you guys can figure it out. But is this is this a national problem that needs to be tackled from Ottawa on down? Or does that just add more bureaucracy and more layers to the system without actually getting to concrete fixes? I mean, we want to spend our public money as efficiently as we possibly can. I think we all agree on that. But what is the best way to do that? And who should be rewarded in this system, in this equation? I think most of us would agree that the nurses should be paid a wage that attracts people to that profession and allows them to feel as if they are being financially supported by us, the taxpayers, as a society. So I think we're all in agreement about the nurses being paid properly. Um, do we need nurses in hospitals only? Can we have nurse, nurses in home care? Remember the Victoria Order of Nurses uh, and how they provided their care, their expertise in the homes. And certainly that was a much less expensive solution than having nurses deal with patients in institutions, in hospitals. We need to take a quick break, but I invite your phone calls until one o'clock, free for all Friday. Jane for Libby. She is back on Tuesday. Great to be with you here today. The number is 416-360-0740 or one 740 You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like, as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Sitting in for Libby Snymer... Here is Jane Brown. You all want to talk about health care today, so that's what we'll talk about, uh, primarily around Bill 7, the controversial Bill 7 that will put legislation into place that uh, gives doctors the authority in a hospital to be able to move elderly, frail patients into long-term care, even if uh, they're going to a place where they don't want to go and they're on a waiting list for another place. Now, they won't be forcibly moved, um, but should they choose to stay, uh, the legislation will enforce what's already been going on for decades, and that is that they will have to pay in part for their hospital bed. Um, I was surprised so far nobody has called about the COVID advisory table being disbanded as of September 16th. Uh, is that a false sense of security dissolving uh, the science advisory table by Public Health Ontario? Is it a bit premature? Should we wait until we see what happens in the fall with COVID cases, with Omicron, whether we end up getting different variants and subvariants and whether the bivalent vaccine works? 
Um, or, you know, is it time to say so long to these experts who have been volunteering their service and their expertise to the people of this province? 416-360-0740 or 1-866-744-740. Joan in Niagara. Hello, go ahead. Hi. Libby, or pardon me, Jane. Yeah. How is it we are paying these politicians big bucks and they have no solution? They're afraid of losing votes. It's a political football. They just keep throwing it back and forth, back and forth. I agree. And, and that's what it sounds like when you listen to question period. It, it, it is exactly like that. I mean, what's happened to our democracy in Canada? We are the employers of the politicians. Why aren't we doing something? Yeah, and and in terms of the solution, and it's certainly not our jobs as taxpayers to provide the solution, but what do you think should be the priority moving forward, Joan? Oh, good Lord. Uh, Thinking about the people, I mean, we've had a rough go. People are hurting. Yeah. They, they can't just keep throwing this back and forth, back and forth. They have to do something to get the, the people back on, on track. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you, Joan, and thank you for calling. Uh, COVID has been, really, it's been a very rough ride for all of us. You may not think it's affected your mental health, but maybe it has to some extent caused more a little bit more anxiety. Certainly, we're seeing that among the physicians. There was the Canadian Medical Association physician study this week. Over half say they are more stressed, more their their mental health is at risk, much more so than it was before the pandemic. You know, we all walk around wondering, am I going to be breathing in COVID? Am I going to get COVID? Um, you know, it's still very much part of uh, the fabric of who we are right now. And we are all changed. And we all saw what happened in long-term care. I mean, it was just, you know, it, it just it was unfathomable what happened to thousands of elderly people in this province before we had vaccines, that they were effectively uh, neglected in many homes uh, and, and left to die because of COVID and because of the inability to have the proper staffing to function around these individuals who are contracting the virus. How do we move forward from all of this? Let's go to uh, Kathleen, Kathleen and Barry. Hello. Hi, Kathleen. Go ahead. Hi, Jane. Thank you for taking my call. I wanted to share a good news story uh, simply because um, I missed the contest a while ago, and I don't expect to win anything by any means. I just wanted to share this because it was, it's dear to my heart about going to the CNE. I think it was when I was about seven years old. So to backtrack, my, my grandfather used to be a radio announcer. He was called the singing radio announcer. And he was on CKRC, I believe it was Union Carbide that owned that station. This mm-hmm. was many, many years ago, okay. of course. And he um, he uh, was the host of the Nelson, Nielsen Hour, the Nielsen Chocolate Bar, of course. So um, when I was young and my family uh, went to the CNE, uh, my mom said, if you go up to the Nielsen booth in the food um, building, um, tell them you're Gordon Calder's granddaughter or grandchildren and uh, see what happens. So we did. And sure enough, we got our own package 
of free chocolate bars. <laughs> that's great. So that's my story, and I just wanted to share it. Thank you for letting me oh, do that. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Kathleen. And here's your um, your first-time caller, Bell. Thank you for yes, calling. Thank you. Bye now. <laughs> first-time callers always welcome. 416-360-0740. Toll-free, 1-866-744-740. Of course, it's not all doom and gloom, but we do want to fix uh, for our health care system, for long-term care. I think most of us want to see better and uh, more fulfilled home care so that we can age at home, even if physically we can no longer be at home on our own. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Daryl in Toronto, welcome to Fight Back. Hi, Jane. Um, you had mentioned before about co-payment if someone did not want to leave the hospital at that point. Yes. And I'm just wondering what happens if someone payment. You, you're wondering if what? Sorry? If someone can't afford the co-payment. Well, you know what? That is, I don't know. I don't know what happens in that situation. I mean, as a society, I think we are obligated to look after that individual, right? Well, I'm sure Ford would say we're looking after them by shipping them off someplace else. Right. But, and, so, I mean, it becomes that if you have the money, then you can stay at the hospital if you don't. You can't, and how's that not a two-tier system? Well, exactly. I, you know, and I think in that scenario, too, likely, if there is no source of, of money uh, or very little money that will be presented to that individual and their family members, right, that you don't really have a choice, you have to go to long-term care. So they're not forcibly, physically removing the individual, but effectively they are pressuring the individual to leave. Right. Is long-term care completely covered by the... There, well, there are long-term care facilities where, um, which are public, which are not for profit, uh, where there are still associated costs. But my understanding is that nobody would ever be turned away at a right. not-for-profit nursing home. Okay. Well, it still sounds as if there's like a problem there with you yeah. know, asking the person, you know, like doing this with your consent. But if you don't have money, you don't get the consent. Well, yes, exactly. Thank you, Daryl. Thanks for calling. Let's go to Rhonda in Kitchener. Rhonda, go ahead. Hi, Jane. Well, you know, this topic's going to go on forever, even when we're gone. <laughs> I'm almost going to be a senior, and hospitals, they hire people in government to foresee what the future is going to be like in a city or a town, the growth, etc. And our hospitals and our care has been going down since the 70s. That's what's sad. In Ontario, where we pay the highest taxes in the world, that our health care is so low. Well, and it makes sense, too, Rhonda, when you look at, if you don't make any changes uh, or or you don't plan for the future. I mean, back in the 70s, people were we not... Knew, people yeah. were I not. Mean, Kitchener, and we have mm-hmm. two hospitals that are literally archaic. God bless us, we have them. But they're archaic. They can't grow. There's no place for them to grow. And you mean to tell me they didn't know that 30 years ago? Well, right. They didn't plan for it. You know, it's just like our transit system in Toronto. Yeah, right. right. We hire these people, pay them all this money, and we're in this mess. Yeah, we are in a mess. I know where to get the money from. Get rid of the Senate. (laughs) The governor general owes us millions. And stop giving them golden handshakes. Well, I, I don't. You're, I mean, certainly the system needs to be revamped. It uh, is 
terrible, Jane. We're getting robbed by people that we're supposed to trust, and they are working for us, like that lady said. Yeah. And, I mean, it's sad that our country is in this shape, and, and we had a play in it because we shouldn't have said, you're not doing this. Yeah. You're going to do this. I mean, we should have a say, more say in what the government's doing. And their pensions are getting indexed to inflation. Why is that? And then the seniors, I mean, when's the last time we got a raise? Yeah. And I'm going to become one. They expect a per senior to live on, I don't know what it is now, 1200 a month? Rhonda, I take all of your points. Thank you for calling. Um, you know, when you think about the 70s, people were not living nearly as long as they are now. Uh, a baby born today has a 50% chance of making it to 100 So imagine uh, the future that we will need to have uh, to ensure that we provide care for elderly people in that scenario. Um, But back in the 70s, life expectancy would have been in the 60s. It's now in the low 80s to mid 80s, depending on whether you're male or female. Uh, and, and you also have an influx of the baby boomer generation. The oldest of the baby boomers are turning 76 this year. Now, lots of baby boomers, lots of Zoomers are healthy and uh, are have not come across any or contracted any diseases that require medical attention. But, you know, the older you get, the more likely you are going to need medical assistance, medical care for something. And you have this large cohort of boomers Boomers and Zoomers coming into the system, and you haven't made any plans to improve uh, care for these people as they age. Let's go to Tammy in Simcoe. Tammy, hi, you're on Free For All Friday. Hi, Jane. Um, First, I want to comment on Bill 107, where um, they're saying they're not forcing people out. They are, because there's going to be many people that are not going to be able to afford a bed in the hospital. Um, I just uh, was talking with a nurse, and I'm a PSW, and she asked me um, my thoughts on how we got to where we are. My opinion is they knew for a very long time that um, our health care was in trouble. I truly believe that some of it is um, done on purpose because they are easing us into private care. Um, I was in uh, COVID with the, uh, when it was at its worst, and I've seen the worst. I have quit the, um, working in the nursing homes because of what I've seen, and I'm now on my own. And what is quite sad is I'm hired now to work in hospitals to do private care for the patients because uh, without uh, hiring us, um, these uh, poor people will be laying in bed with nobody um, having the time to go in um, to look on them. I have seen uh, meal trays sitting there um, where the person is unable to feed themselves, and it's literally sitting there for hours. And as far as there's the cost, I see agency that is hired to come into the hospital that is literally sitting on a chair all day on their phones. They are one-on-one but are doing nothing, literally sitting there. Um, so you're talking a lot of money that is wasted. So I really do think the government is failing us, and I truly believe that if they did get their act together, they they could fix this. And uh, people ask me, families, what they can do, and I tell them it's about time that um, we also... Uh, 
society started speaking up and doing mm-hmm. something about this because it's only going to get worse before it gets better. Tammy, I really appreciate your perspective. So just so I fully understand, you're a PSW, but you work for a private agency which sends you into hospitals to help with oh, one no, no, of no. Okay. No, Jane, I have I've got I work for myself now. Okay. I am literally working for myself. I went on my own because of what I've seen, what I've witnessed. So I am strictly doing it on my own now. And how do people find out about your services? Actually, word of mouth. Every uh, I'm extremely busy, and um, I really haven't been advertising. It's all word of mouth, and I am working. Um, I have two days off every two weeks. That's how busy I am. Wow. And you're so you're hired by a family. I'm hired privately by the families to go in. And like I said, I'm hired, to, especially a lot of clients, are, I'm going into the hospital. So I witness a lot of what's going on in the hospitals. That's, so like I said, there's agency, as far as I'm concerned, wasted money that, I'm not exaggerating, are literally sitting there all day on their phone. And these are nurses or PSWs? These are PSWs hired to come into the hospital through the agency. Okay, gotcha. And, um, it would really wrap, I can't wrap my uh, mind up. It's even why the hospital allows them to just sit there on their phones all day. Okay, thank you, Tammy. Thank you for that information. Very interesting. It is Free For All Friday, Jane, for Libby. And, you know, when we hear from people within uh, the healthcare system, like Tammy, um, and she's obviously seen a lot during COVID and now uh, as a private operator, her own independent private operator who's helping families. I mean, that is a very interesting perspective. And it kind of, you know, I think you think about healthcare workers, PS, agency PSWs who are sitting there on their phones all day, it, that just doesn't really jive with what we've heard about PSWs and nurses. And I, I believe, Tammy, I believe that is her her lived experience, but it, it doesn't sound like what we've come to expect from people who are PSWs who've really sacrificed uh, themselves and their own health all the way through COVID. But uh, it is one perspective. 416 360 740, toll free, 1-866-744-740. We need to take a quick uh, break and pay some bills, and then we'll be back on the other side with more of your calls. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer, a free-for-all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Sitting in for Libby Snymer, here is Jane Brown. Fixing the health care system, fixing long-term care. These are the hot topics today prompted by the controversial Bill 7, which will come into law in the coming days, allowing hospital doctors to send elderly patients into long-term care, not necessarily into homes of their own choosing. Uh, not forcibly sending them there, but having the law behind them to do so. 416-360-0740 or 1-866-744-740. Bill, you've been waiting a long time. Bill in Toronto. Hi. Hi. Yeah, you know, sometimes you don't realize when uh, people are doing a good thing for you, and Ford may be doing this. My experience was... uh, I had to take care of my mom for the last 10 years. 
and she required, I mean, I had to do everything for her. Um, I work all kinds of crazy hours, you know, and I remember going to bed one night at four o'clock in the morning, my phone rings at five o'clock and EMS is at my mother's house. So I go over there and they've got two female uh, EMS uh, uh, paramedics or whatever, and they're cooking her breakfast. And, you know, I, I go, what's this all about? And, well, she phoned because she was lonely. She would not go into a home under any circumstances. I would take her to hospital uh, literally 8, 10, 12 times a year. She wouldn't go into a home. Finally, after that incident, they talked to her caseworker because she had people coming in and whatever, and they wanted her to go for a a respite. Not for her, for me, Mm -hmm. because the impact that it had on me. So she went into the home, and she absolutely loved it, but she didn't want to stay. She came back. Anyways, long and short of it is uh, she ended up going into that home, and it wasn't of her choice, but it was the best thing for her and everybody involved. Was this before COVID, Bill? Yeah, well, yeah. Thank God if she was in there when COVID was going Yeah, on, I know. It would have been a mess. But the, what I'm saying is, at that point, it, 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 when you're in that situation with your parents, you can't always be objective. Mm-hmm. She should have been forced to go into a home. I, I couldn't do it to her. But finally, through the coercion and whatever, that she ended up going into a home. She had the money. There was no issue there. So the thing is, there comes a point, and, you know, it's like that's why you don't represent yourself, I guess, as a lawyer, because you can't be objective about right. it. Right. And the the point is, when they're at that stage where they need that care, does it really matter if you got to drive 45 minutes or 50 minutes to get to them as opposed to you want to drive five minutes? I guess you just want to make sure that the long-term care, that the home that they go into uh, has proper care, right? That they are not neglected. We've heard so many stories of neglect that I think that is what concerns a lot of people the most. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Because this was done because she had people coming into the house, and I guess she had a caseworker. I can't remember what she ended up getting put into uh, a city of Toronto home. And as far as PSW sitting around twiddling their thumbs, it was these people, they're wonderful people. Um, she's been gone now for five years, and I still stay in touch with some of the uh, oh, caregivers. That's nice. That's nice. So, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and, and you're absolutely right. I also had a similar experience uh, at Castleview Witchwood, which is a city of Toronto long-term care home. Very positive experience there with uh, with a relative with uh, dementia, Alzheimer's, and, and very good people. You're right, and they were very busy and very attentive. Well, you know, it's a, it's a difficult situation, and I think sometimes you're so involved in it, you can't see the trees for the forest. Mm-hmm. So. If they're at that stage in life, which, you know, I guess we'll all get to, when you need to be there, you need to be there. So if you've got to drive an hour to go see them, well, too bad for you. Invest the hour and go. 
Bill, thank you for your call. Uh, you're a regular here on Fight Back, and we've just uh, heard another side uh, to you in your life, and sounds like you were a very good son to your mom. So thank you. Thanks. All right. Free for all Friday, 416-360-0740 or 1-866-744-740. Joan in Scarborough, you would also like to talk about this issue. I'm sorry. What did you say? Oh, Joan, if you can turn down your radio, it's it's Jane here at Zoomer Radio, and you are live on the air. Right. Uh, all I want to say is that I want to stay in my own home. I'm 90 years old, and there's a doctor, and I can't remember his name, but he said four years ago that we should be having the service in our homes like they do in Denmark. Uh, tell me more. And, well, he just, we can just stay in our home and have people come in and look after us. Well, I agree with you. I, I think that that has to be the future of long-term care. And I don't think that Ford should be building uh, old-age homes when he could be taking care of spending his money otherwise. Well, right, because if you prioritize health care instead of facilities and building, uh, you only have to pay for the health care workers to go into the home. Right, and this doctor said that it's $100 a month cheaper for us to stay in our home. Right than it is to go into a nursing home. I believe home. it. I believe it. And and how is your health, Joan? I'm okay. I'm, I get a needle in both my eyes, and, uh, you know, I lose my balance a bit, but I have a homemaker that comes in twice a week, a PSW, and she's very good. And does somebody get your groceries? Do you order those in? I have neighbors that are very good to me. Yeah. And uh, my children all live at least an hour and a half away, but they do come in periodically to get groceries for me. And right. if I need them, they would come in a minute. Right. Well, Joan, I wish you continued, um, you know, a continued stay in your own home. I'm sure it's very comforting for you to be at home, and uh, we appreciate your perspective. Thanks for calling in. Thank you very much, Jane. Let's go to Janet. Janet lives in Mississauga. Janet, you are a first-time caller. Yes, I am. Go ahead. Thank you. I love your show. Thank you. Uh, I was a nurse, an emergency nurse, for uh, oh, a, a good long time. I'm, I'm retired, actually. And I just wanted to say that when a patient came in and they were 65 or older, they immediately were referred to discharge planning, either so they could get help to go home in the home. They would go in and assess the home and see what they needed in the home. But if they had to be admitted and they became chronic, they uh, would then look for placement for them. They were right on them like as soon as they came in the door. And this has been a decade or, or even more than a decade, but they were given a choice of three spots in a nursing home. They would have to take one of those three spots if they became available. Mm-hmm. And um, they would, um, and if they didn't, then they, there was a surcharge they were 
they were they had to pay. I don't know how much it was though. Right. So this is not really new. No, it's not new. It's not new. It's just that it's it's being legislated now. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And another thing too is a little bit darker side to this, but um, I know families and spouses really depend on that government pension coming in. Yes. They're in the hospital and they don't have to pay, but once they get to a nursing home, they sign off sign over all the government pension money to the uh, facility. Right. Okay, because yes, somebody somebody was calling thing. about that earlier. What if yes. the individual yes. has no money, but I guess they they do have their their they Canada pension yes. plan and, and their old and age security, right? Okay, exactly. that makes sense. Thank you, Janet. Thanks for You're calling. Let's go to Mary in Halton Hills. Long-term care also on your mind, Mary. Yes, it is. Um, I am a senior. I'm 75. And um, I happen to work in the business for 30-odd years. And uh, we've known for a long, long time that this was going to happen. You have people in control like the doctors and the government. Nobody knew about us baby boomers or really cared. And you had nurses, superior nurses, that really took control. The problem is you're not going to solve it overnight, and you've got to do drastic measures like send people out. It's not a nice answer, but it's an answer to free up the hospitals. So you like that there is going to be a little bit more there, you have power. To, you yeah. have to have the bumpy road because mm. government and people have done this to us. Now, what about and these? Also, there was an election. We had the lowest turnout ever yes. in our history of Ontario, 43%. I know Del Luca was not the greatest, but he would have been in opposition. He wanted home care. Ford offered nothing. People voted. Yeah, you're right. People have asked for what they've got. And I'm sorry, the physicians maybe are broken, but they've all had control, control, control for years. We've worked under it. We knew 25 years ago there was going to be trouble. Get rid of your agencies where you're paying triple money. They come in, they do not know what they're doing, and they do nothing. Well, right, and that, that seems to be, I mean, if we're talking about the most efficient way of moving forward and fixing the system, these agencies seem to be getting a whole lot of money right. uh, while, the, while the nurses that well, are actually then paid. Is it not Mr. Ford's friends or well, something, private homes? Look at the picture. They're not solving anything. They're just moving yep. the pieces they mo- around. They are moving the pieces around. Mary, thank you for calling okay. in. Good. Yeah, it seems like, uh, sorry to cut you off there, it seems uh, as though, and that's what we hear from so many people, Mary was in the system, uh, others that we've talked to today also in the system, and this situation has been going on for decades, that people who are older but don't have uh, an acute problem need to be moved out. And a lot of them end up going home and then end up coming back to the hospital. And of course, you do get those going to long-term care um, in places where they don't necessarily want to be. But this has been going on for a very long time. The only difference that I can see and that we've been talking about, Libby's been talking about it for days now, is that it will now be legislated. It now becomes law, but nothing has really changed. Four one six three six zero zero seven forty. We're almost finished here. One eight six six seven forty four seven forty. But uh, do try to call because I might still be able to get you on. Let's go to Helen in Toronto. Hi, Helen. Hi, Jane. Um, as you know, I advocate for seniors, and I advocate uh, whether it's for somebody I know or somebody I don't know. 
I know that there have been many, many surveys done showing how much it costs the government to keep somebody in, a, in an institution and how little it costs for people to be looked after at home. Bingo. Also, yep. Yep. on top of that, a lot... A lot of caregivers don't recognize themselves as caregivers. They simply say, I'm the daughter, and it's expected. Well, I looked after my mother for 65 years, and uh, no, I'm not 100 years old. My father died young, and my grandmother Mm -hmm. said, you're the older one, you look after things. Wow. Uh, Yeah, I didn't realize what a burden it was until I was 50. But um, because of the way that I looked after her, yes, she ended up having to go into a home. I couldn't find someone reliable to come to the house. Uh, but because of my disposition and my mother's and the way that we interacted, the ladies there were phenomenal. They were unbelievable. However, those same ladies, if they were placed in an area where they were going to you, would still be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. They, uh, and you don't have your overhead of the home, the, the facility, I mean, the building, the, you know, all the other things. And they are coming to you, so it's coming into a friendly right. environment. Well, Helen, you remember the Victoria Order of Nurses. Victoria. Oh, sure. Yeah, well, my mom was a, a VON for years, my late mom. And uh-huh. I would hear her chat on the phone at night. She would work all day, go visit all of these homes. She became so invested in the patients. She and her fellow uh, VON colleagues would talk at night about the patients. I mean, I don't know if my mom was reflective of all the VONs, but certainly these women, and they were all women, were very invested in taking care of these individuals that they became close to. Well, you know what? I still call the home from time to time to speak to the three nurses that I'm close with. Well, there you go, yeah. And uh, they used to joke that my mother liked her drinks cold even after she passed away. (laughs) Uh, They were saying, well, have you got the ice cubes on the tray? Rose doesn't like a hot drink. Uh, I I know. They they become attached, right? Exactly. Exactly. But that is a one in a million. Yeah. That isn't the average home. And those uh, ladies that looked after her, if they would have come into a home, would have been exactly the same. And I'm just saying, you're, you're costing overhead taxes and everything else for a building we don't want, for a building we don't need, and for people who, as I said, a lot of people don't realize they're caregivers, uh, and they just need that extra hand of somebody helping them exercise the person, bathe the person. And that's a lot less expensive than a building. Helen in Toronto, thanks for your call. Great call. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Let's go to Kathy, who is calling from Cottage Country. Lucky you, Kathy. (laughs) Yes, I I guess I am pretty lucky that way. Uh, Thank you for taking my call, Jane. And what Um, would you like to talk about? Well, I think all all tiers of the system uh, are broken right now. And in particular, this past uh, year, actually, my father just passed away, but he never wanted to go into long-term care, and he was still of sound mind at 97. Wow. And so we did our best to take care of him in his home. Um, Me being the closest, um, I was the main caregiver. The problem with uh, looking after him at home, they approved PSWs, but um, we both live in a small town, but he was on one side of the border. The town is split into three different counties, so there's boundaries. So on my side, Court the Lakes, they had plenty of help, but on his side, Peterborough County, he was approved for help, but they only 
had one person once a week for one hour come in. Wow, that's not very much, right? And in the last few months, I was looking after him 24-7. Kathy, thank you for your call. I would keep you on longer here, but we are running short of time. But anyway, they they do need to look into that, too, so... We will leave it there for today. Free for all Friday. Uh, I'll be back here on Monday for Libby. She returns on Tuesday. And please join me for the best of Fight Back Saturday and Sunday at 1230 after the Zoomer Week in Review. Number ones at one are next after Bob Comsick and the news. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.